monetizing digital services since 2004, boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone. AWG, where innovation meets monetization. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. If you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Marcus Newcomb about helping those who are struggling to perform, progress, or return to the workforce. Marcus Newcomb, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you very much for having me, John. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Switzerland today. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about helping those who are struggling to perform, progress, or even return to the workforce. Uh, You're an executive coach and consultant and do a lot of really great work in the space. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you and learn from your insights. And I appreciate you taking the time to share that your thoughts and your experiences with me and my audience. As we get started, I wanted to share Marcus's bio with everybody. Marcus Newcomb is a career coach and business strategist and former human resources executive and managing director. He has spent more than 20 years working with managers and professionals that are struggling to perform or progress in the workplace, many reaching the point they either reluctantly leave or increasingly are even disciplined and fired. But it's not their lack of expertise that's failing them. And in many cases, they only reach out for help when they're uh, redundant or on the brink of being fired. Uh, So the question is, what can we do to proactively be helping these individuals uh, in our organization so everyone can maximize their potential, live good, fulfilling, productive lives and, and and have meaningful careers. How do we go about doing that and helping people perform at their highest capacity? So that's what we'll be exploring and discussing together today. As we get, uh, Marcus, before we really dive on into the conversation, uh, anything else you would like to share with me or the audience by way of your background or personal context? As you said, um, my name is Marcus. Um, I'm living in beautiful Switzerland. It's usually the place um, which most people have on their bucket list. And as you shared with me in uh, the pre-interview that you have just visited Geneva, a wonderful place. Um, I'm married to uh, a wonderful woman from Boston. So you see, that is one of the reasons why I focus mainly on people working in the United States. I somehow have an early affiliation with the United States and their way of doing business. Uh, I started out in HR. I was a human resources manager. And I was working for a company where 
we had to fire quite a few people. And one day, that was the pivotal moment. A manager came to me after such a, a session and he said, Marcus, now this person actually would need your help. And then he paused. But it's not possible because you're biased and you're representing the company and you have to fire that person. That was literally the moment where I thought, hmm, am I really at the right place? Get me right. I was doing great, great stuff. And I was helping the company to, to move forward with profit and everything. But I realized I am not the person who wants to make a company richer. I must have a balance in terms of working with people, helping people, and actually doing something for the good of humanity as well. So it took some time, but then I uh, received an offer um, to switch sides. And that's how I ended up in, uh, in executive coaching. And lo and behold, it was so interesting. I received a phone call. It was a US company in Switzerland. And they asked me um, whether I'd be interested to join them and be a co-managing director with them. And I was in charge of all the expats. So as you mentioned, most of them were from the United States and other English-speaking countries. And that's when I realized, and you see, that was one question which drove all these people. Is this as good as it gets or is there more to my life? And that became my question, John. And that's when I knew I have to actually make another switch, and that is to become an entrepreneur, because I was still constrained by regulations and by policies, you know, office policy and that kind of stuff. So I was courageous enough and uh, took that step and never looked back and haven't regretted for a moment. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. And thank you for that background. And I think we all do go through our own, you know, personal professional journeys. Uh, and for most of us, I think there's a bit of a meandering path there. I, I know very few people who kind of figured it out right from the beginning and then just kind of went with it and then spent their whole career doing that thing. Uh, it just so happens my wife is one of them. Um, she, she knew uh -huh. from like her, her second year of high school, uh, what she wanted to do, uh, what that's looked like has changed a little bit, but she's essentially done that, um, her entire career, but that is incredibly rare. Most people that's have, you know, unique. more, yeah. yeah, it's truly unique. And most people have more of a meandering path. And I, like yeah. you, you know, could, could share similar types of experiences about how I, I went through the iterations and adjustments uh, to my own mm -hmm. background and career. And I think everyone listening can do the same. Uh, so mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing that with me. And actually it's a really good start to the topic uh, that we're going to be exploring. And that is how do we really help individuals uh, who are trying to figure out their path, right. And trying to figure out the shifts that might need to occur for them to be their most productive uh, self at work and, and have a really meaningful career? How can they perform better? How can they progress in their career? Um, and for those who may have even taken time away uh, for various reasons, maybe to start a family or, you know, whatever, uh, how can they return back into the labor force uh, and, and, and progress in meaningful ways? Um, so I think all of that, uh, you know, is just a really important context to explore as we think about our own personal progression and those 
that we're leading. So any member of our team, hopefully we can help through this process as well. Uh, so let's start with some of the experiences you've had with some of your clients. Uh, you don't need to name anyone by name, but you know, what types of salient experiences can you think of that, uh, where you were able to step in and, and help them perhaps reframe, uh, their mindset, um, change, uh, the way they were approaching, you know, the certain challenges that they were facing in their career. Uh, and then we can start to dissect it and, and dive on in a little bit more specifically. Um, let's call him Eric. It's actually really interesting. Um, I was on way home and I sat opposite side of someone in the train. And that was Eric. So we started chatting and he asked me, what do you do? And I said, look, basically what I'm doing, I'm working with people who ask, is this as good as it gets or is there more to my life? And he lightened up. And it quickly turned out that he is a head of uh, care management from a uh, huge insurance company. Um, he hasn't felt seen for the longest time. He was in a company who was doing a great job. Um, he started dwindling away. His passion got away. Um, frustration actually began to raise he didn't have good relationships with his colleagues. And as you know, the spiral just goes on and on and on. And by the end of the, of the conversation, he asked me whether um, I'd be willing to meet with him once again. And so I did. And he was literally the person who I can say had the biggest turnaround story from, I still have him in front of my, of my eyes where he sat there, he was taller than me. I'm six foot three and he was even taller than me, but he appeared like a small person. And now after working with him for more than three years, uh, I wouldn't recognize him anymore. And you see what is really interesting when I look at characteristics of Eric and other people I've worked with, they have one thing in common. They are rudderless. They're just drifting somewhere around, you know? They make it really well and they have great income. They, most of them, uh, you know, own houses. So they have a good living. And what really turned his life around was when he realized, uh, I love that quote, accept the things you cannot change and change the things you can change. When he actually realized how much he fought the stuff he can't change and actually started accepting the things he cannot change, he suddenly had more than enough energy to start changing the things which were really in his power to, to change. So, yeah, Eric, Eric is definitely my, my favorite story in terms of how someone really can turn around, get the answer of, yes, there must be more, and then actually um, discovers it as well. That has an effect on his boss, that had an effect yeah. on his coworker. So it's literally like ripple effect. Yeah, and that that illustrates the mindset shift that often needs to happen uh, for yeah. individuals who find themselves stuck 
and, and we all have periods of stuckness, I think, exactly. in our lives, uh, personal lives, in our professional lives, you know, whatever aspect. Um, I think life is not a linear upward journey. You know, there's, there's switchbacks and there's, there's ups and downs and, you know, we have ebbs and flows, right? So when we find ourselves in a stuck place, the question is, how are we going to respond to it? And in far too often, we, we succumb to the negative self-talk. Um, maybe we had a bad experience. We got some, some negative feedback, uh, from our boss. Maybe we're feeling discouraged. We start to in, uh, engage in additional negative self-talk and we, we can, uh, ruminate and even downward spiral and someone who could have been on a really great trajectory, um, you know, a year prior can all of a sudden find themselves actually in a, in a bad situation. Uh, and so the first thing you need to do is disrupt it. You need to disrupt that way yes. of thinking you need to disrupt, um, the way that those ways of interacting, um, that are producing that kind of an outcome. And, it's often very, very difficult for, you know, me as an individual to see that in myself and disrupt it myself. That's why, you know, we have therapists. That's why we have executive coaches. That's why we have consultants um, to help um, with the disruption process uh, and to help uh, help individuals reframe the way they're approaching. Now, you don't have to necessarily be a coach or an external consultant, though, uh, to be able to do this with your team. Any, I think any good leader, any good team manager um, should be equipped with the ability to effectively coach uh, members of their team to peak performance. And so if I, as a leader, have a team, let's say I have a team of 10 people or something like that, uh, if I start to notice, you know, particularly someone who had previously been performing well, and now I see decline in their performance, um, my job is to be able to have a foundational a foundation of a relationship with them that I can approach them where they know that I care that I'm authentic and that I want to help them where they'll be more likely to be able to receive the the coaching and the feedback that I provide them and I need to be able to be actively participative in that process of helping them and coaching them back to peak performance uh, that's that's my job as a leader uh, to do that uh, if, if one you as think, a leader, right what's that one should think. Yeah, well, and the problem is, I, I think everyone listening is like, yeah, that's what should happen. The problem exactly. is most people find themselves in managerial or leadership roles yep. without that competency. They don't have that skill yep. set. They've never had to do it before, and they yep. don't know how to do it. And so yep. it's it's really important that we 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 exercise that muscle when necessary, get some training, meet with a coach yourself, um, start to develop that skill set, um, because it's it's perhaps one of the most important competencies that you're going to have as a leader. Monetizing digital services since 2004. Boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone. AWG, where innovation meets monetization. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You see, one of the uh, core skills which I teach my clients is relationship building skills. And for me, it's three, th three Cs. One is communication. We both know how difficult that is compromise and commitment. And I can really attest that if a leader really gets these three fees right, the trajectory of leadership changes more or less overnight. There will be much less judgment. And you see, the other thing is critical thinking. Critical thinking is so interesting. Most people who I met, they start by judgment. 
which is actually the last piece. So the first thing is an analyze, interpretation, evaluation, and then comes judgment. So I realized when someone really um, trains themselves in relationship building skills, this critical thinking almost becomes a given. And that's when the changes really become visible and palpable. And unfortunately, it's really wishful thinking that everyone is equipped with these uh, skills innately. Again, we wish they were. It also speaks to the importance of thinking about this skill set that we're talking about when you're selecting people to take on managerial, you know, supervisory managerial executive leadership roles. Um, because anytime you're managing people, you need to be able to have difficult conversations. You need to be able to coach and provide feedback. And that's an essential component. And just because someone was really good at their job, you know, when they were a coder or when they were a salesperson or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is that they were really good at. And so then you decide to promote them. That doesn't necessarily mean anything about how they're going to be as a manager or a leader. And so you see that problem over and over and over again in organizations. So in part, we just need to do a better job of of promoting people, promoting people who, who are actually suited for the type of position that you're putting them into uh, and, and not elevating people um, just because of, of technical performance at a previous kind of job or in a previous role. Uh, because it's a different skill set, right? So being aware of that, but then also recognizing that, yeah, we need to, as organizations, we need to proactively be working to develop our leaders so that they can build this muscle and, and the capacity around um, this coaching uh, that's going to be so essential to their success. Uh, most leaders don't really know much about leadership. Most leaders don't know much about interpersonal communication or relationships. Most leaders, despite good intentions, don't know how to interact in a way that's going to bring out the best in their people. Most leaders spend most of their time running around like chickens with their heads cut off, putting out fires because they don't know how to lead people. And so problems arise and then they just spend all their time trying to be reactionary to the problems and putting out fires rather than being proactive, being strategic focusing on relationships, focusing on the development of their team that then unlocks the potential and allows everyone, you know, to create and innovate at much higher levels at higher capacities. And you see, that's why I say to my clients and, you know, very much in uh, posts, I started posting on LinkedIn quite a while ago. And one thing I realized is there's such a debate. Am I a leader or am I a manager? There cannot be any order. It has to be as well as. Because as you said, there are so many tasks and so many responsibilities which require a managerial mindset. And at the same time, yes, you have to be the leader. And the leader is the one who motivates people, who helps them move forward. But if a leader, so-called leader, actually misses out the managerial, it's mostly because they don't know how to do it. And they don't want to be disliked. So that's one thing I, I really, really help my clients with to combine this managerial and leadership. And to actually finish that, um, that thought, recently someone just said to me, Marcus, a leader 
is not someone who leads. The leader is actually a title that has to be earned. Mm. And that stuck with me. Yeah. Not everyone who leads is a leader. It has to be earned. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's about building trust, right? And trust can only be earned. Uh, I know many leaders think by virtue of their position power, you know, they have a title, they have authority, they have position. And so everyone should do what they say, you know, and that's kind of their mentality. The problem is in the modern knowledge economy, um, it it just just doesn't work. Uh, People people aren't going to just blindly follow you. They're not just going to do what you say because you said so. Um, You can wield the carrot and stick kind of approach uh, and you'll get some limited results. But if you really want sustainable, long-term sustainable results that lead to really great creativity and innovation that helps you add value to the market, then you have to unlock uh, the potential of your people. And that's not going to happen through carrots and sticks. It's going to happen through empowerment and motivation and And that all is built on a foundation of trust. Trust can only be earned. Uh, So so depending on the culture of the organization you're in, people might, you know, have some deference towards leaders, you know, people in positions. Mm -hmm. um, And it might get you started. And people, you know, I think generally people on a team, when a new person gets promoted, someone, they have a new boss. I think most people are probably going to try to give that person the benefit of the doubt, try Mm -hmm. to, you know, help ease them into the new position, et cetera. Um, But that honeymoon period wears off and eventually people expect for you to do the things that you need to do to be an effective leader. And when you don't, that trust isn't built. In fact, it's eroded and uh, you're going to hurt the, the success of your team. Uh, so we cannot forget the need to proactively build that foundation of trust that's going to lay the groundwork for all these other things we've been talking about. It has to be earned. And, uh, you know, the number of times I've been in meetings, um, either as a consultant working with an organization where I hear a leader mm-hmm. say it, or as an employee in an organization where I hear a leader or an executive say it, uh, so the number of times I've been in meetings where you know, a leader will say something to the effect of, I don't know why people are so upset about blah, blah, blah. I don't know why people are so resistant to this. Why can't people just trust us? I'm like, if you're asking the question, why aren't people, why can't people trust us? It's because you haven't actually done the things that will help people to trust you. <laughs> it's not actually that complicated. Um, nope, it's not. And people, people don't trust when they, when it doesn't have to be intentional duplicity. It doesn't have to be intentional lying or gaslighting. Uh, you know, anything that's intentional like that, people will see through and it'll yeah. certainly hurt you. Um, but it, it, it's just a matter of, um, you know, being proactively attuned to the trust component and, and recognizing that people value this in, in, in extreme ways, uh, you need to be attentive to it. You see, there is there is one concept which I had developed um, about 10 years ago, and I wondered what would be the mindset required to actually achieve exactly that. And that's when I got reminded of a stay at a five-star hotel when I met a concierge. I studied that concierge. I talked with that concierge. I questioned him. And then I realized, gosh, if a manager or leader actually learns to apply the mindset of a concierge, you know, it's a server first, but at the same time, he's no one who bucks down. He knows who he is. She knows who he is, right? Who she is. So 
Developing that mindset of a concierge actually helps most of my clients to do exactly that. They don't have to bend. They don't have to push themselves too much. It kind of becomes natural because a leader should be a server and in service at first. And and I think the rest pretty much uh, falls into place. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Marcus, this has just been a really great conversation. I know at the time I need to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Okay. Thank you very much. So to get in touch with me the best is actually go on LinkedIn and just put in my name. It's Marcus, M-A-R-K-U-S, N-E-U-K-O-M, Marcus Newcomb. There's only one. And uh, you can connect with me. Either you follow me or you connect with me. And I highly recommend that you have a look at my posts and my article on LinkedIn, because what we've been discussing now is pretty much described in details and very much step by step. So I would really love for you to um, get in touch with me. And I look forward to having some interesting conversations with you. Thank you, Marcus. It's been a pleasure. I encourage my audience Thank to reach out, get me. connected, uh, find out more about what Mark and his, Marcus and his team can do for you. Check out his LinkedIn, his, his articles. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.